All right. Good morning. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to um, say thank you for your partnership and generosity and giving each week. Um, it, it, it's, it really is an important thing, and I want us to understand that generosity is it's a, a, a kingdom thing that actually is useful to us. It, it helps with, um, excuse me, this mic is doing little things. Sorry. Being generous, it, it's, a, it's a kingdom principle that, that really helps our mindsets and helps us to understand that um, there is no lack, there is no um, scarcity in the kingdom. We, we tend to think of uh, our resources, time, uh, money as a, a limited thing. It, it's a, a limited supply of something, and once it runs out, that's it. Like, there is no more, right? That's, that's how we tend to, to view those things. Um, but that's not the case in the kingdom. That, that's not true of, of the nature of our reality as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And, and so being generous is, is something that allows you to have your mindset changed to know that there is no lack, that there is abundance of resources, uh, of money, of time. We don't have to look at those things as, as scarce, you know, uh, because that's often how they're portrayed to us from the world. That time is, is a limited supply. We're always moving in one direction with time and it can't be changed. Well, that's just not our reality. And so, uh, I wanted to, to thank you for your generosity. I want to thank you for your partnership with us. And, um, if, you're, you haven't started partnering with us financially, um, ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do. If He wants you to partner somewhere else, do that. If He wants you to partner with us, ask Him how much, and then be faithful to that. Uh, so if you would like to give here in person, you can do so. Uh, Zane is going to grab the basket and come around. Yeah, you. Uh, if you are... Online or wanting to give online, you can go to the website, uneditedlife.org, and there's a give button in the lower right-hand corner. All right. We are continuing our keyholder series today, and we are going to talk Hello? Oh, there it goes. <laughs> Wrong button. Um, we're talking about fivefold today, and Angie and I are going to be the kind of, I guess, tag team in this. We didn't really talk about how this is going to work out. So we're just going to kind of, yeah, we're going to kind of go with the flow. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start? Okay. So we've been talking about, um, in our keyholder series, we talked about calling. And uh, that's one of the things that I, I wanted to, to look at today. And I want you to be able to visualize the fact that you're not just called, you're also sent. 
Okay, and so I want to look at, um, we're going to look at Matthew 9. We're going to start there and continue on to chapter 10. In verse 35, it says, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. There's a, there's a call there, right? Doesn't, doesn't matter the gifting or the grace put upon their life. There is a call there to go out as harvesters. and reap what has been sown. He's, he's looking at the people and he says he sees them weary and helpless, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. This is a big thing that you have to think about when we talk about the fivefold, we talk about calling. Right There's an equipping that goes on there. You all have been equipped and are still being equipped, and your equipping will continue into the future. We know this. We know that God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, right? And he's still pouring into you over and over again, equipping you to go out and be a harvester. So it goes on into chapter 10. Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. And he goes through and names them. And then in verse 5, it says, Jesus commissioned these 12 to go out into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. Don't go into any non-Jewish or Samaritan territory. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. This is a discussion we have to be having when we start to think about the, the, the lofty ideas of, of fivefold ministry uh, and, and moving into that without also looking at the action that's coming. So we can look at what, what graces we're carrying, what gifts we've been given, what God has called us into. But if we don't look at it in the same manner as, oh, we are also sent out by him, there's action that is going to take place when you're sent. You can be called into something, you can say yes, but that doesn't mean you've accepted the sin. That doesn't mean you're out taking action yet. And this is a, this is a current problem that we're seeing. The, the harvest is huge and ripe, but the, the harvesters are unwilling to work. They're looking for somebody else to go out and do the work of the ministry. Everybody wants to be equipped, but who is ready and prepared to answer the call to go out and actually do the work? 
says, freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. You're sent ones. Not only are you called, but you're also sent. He goes on, you won't need a lot of money, travel light, and don't even pack an extra change of clothes in your backpack. Trust God for everything. Because the one who works for him deserves to be provided for. You have the needs taken care of. That's part of the word for 2023 is that there's no need among us. Everything is taken care of, right? And so being willing willing to go out and be one of the ones who is working, who is harvesting. That's what we're all called to do. So looking at the fivefold, looking at these graces, we have to understand that there's an action that needs to be taken. If we just simply continue to look at those and, and, and study them and try to understand each one, that's great. That, that's part of equipping is understanding the graces. But you have to put some action behind it. If there isn't any action that's put to it, then, then what is this unto? There's those harvesting and there's those equipping the harvesters, right? That, that's what we're talking about when you're looking at holding office in one of the fivefold ministries. Holding office is, it means you're, you're one who is propping up the workers. You're training them. You're equipping them. You're making sure that they are supplied with what it is they need. And in talking about this, Angie asked me an interesting question. Are we ready to steward those that are sent out? And I would say the tools are there. But if we aren't figuring out what it looks like for us to put our own graces in action, we're not going to be ready to steward those that we send out. goes on in verse 11, whatever village or town you enter, search for a godly man who will let you into his home until you leave for the next town. Once you enter a house, speak to the family there and say, God's blessing of peace be upon this house. And if those living there welcome you, let your peace come upon the house. But if you are rejected, the blessing of peace and the blessing of peace will come back upon you. And if anyone doesn't listen to you and rejects your message, when you leave that house or town, shake the dust off of your feet as a prophetic act that will not take their defilement with you. Mark my words on the day of judgment, the wicked people who lived in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah will have a lesser degree of judgment than the city that rejects you. For the people of Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the opportunity that was given to them. Now remember, it is I who send you out even though you feel vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes, yet as harmless as doves. What I, I, I like about this, this section of that scripture is the fact that there is assignments there. So when people show up, we're on assignment. We talked about this within the last couple of weeks. And when you go out, you're on assignment. Again, there is an action that's being taken when you're sent out. You can't just look at the call, say yes, 
okay, I'm going to plan. And then I'm going to take my plan and put it on the shelf and it's going to collect dust. Because now I've, I've just received another prophetic word. And so I'm going to run with that one now. And the same cycle starts again. But we don't actually look at the fact that we are the harvesters going out to work. More and keep going. When we look at Ephesians 4:11, it says, "And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers." And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. We're, we're, for those of us called into one of the offices of the fivefold, that's what it's about. It's about nurturing and preparing all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry and that that's what at, at the very start that's what i was talking about these lofty ideas of of holding an office or, or or being one who is is called by one of these titles that's great that's that's a great idea and it's it's a, a worthy calling to to step into but there is an action that has to be taken if you're feeling like I'm called into this, but you're not taking any action, and you're not doing it. It's just not there. So that's what this is unto. That's that's what we're talking about when we talk about uh, these these fivefold ministries. These are this is unto equipping all of the believers to go out and do their own works of ministry, whatever that is that they're called into, or sent to, whatever industry that is. And so I, I just think that we need to make sure we have a foundation of, of understanding that says, I, I'm not just called, I'm also sent. Right? If we look at 2 Corinthians 5, we know we're called ambassadors in, there, in that section of Scripture, right? Ambassadors are sent out somewhere. They don't stay at home. They are sent out to advance the kingdom. So good. Isn't that so good? That's just, it really is. I mean, that the idea of being a harvester is something I don't think that we consider enough. And that the, that the ultimate goal of the church is to send out the harvesters. If we're not, we're not doing our job. And that's where the question kind of came from that I fired back to Vince is like, are we capable of even stewarding? Because I, I know that that we have been sent on different missions, and I don't know that we've stewarded us well. You know what I'm saying? Like as a body, I don't know that 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 has been stewarded well as a church. And so we need to get better at this to understand the harvest, to understand what what it is that God is doing with the harvesters, so that that we know how to get behind it and be on assignment with them. Yes. This morning I was listening to to Emma Stark's teaching in where are they from? Glasgow. Glasgow, Scotland. Scotland. Um, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> what country? Um, 
And, and she was talking about the days that we are in. And she was talking about with the increase of the glory that we all love to listen about, right? We love this idea of the increase of the glory. And she said, but with the increase of the glory, there will be the increase of the darkness. And we don't so much like to look at that, but we have to. We have to consider both. And it reminded me of Psalm to this morning. And, and I just want to read this just to kind of, to remind us of, of what it is that we're up against. And it says, why are the nations in an uproar? You don't have to like be real knowledgeable to know that the nations are in an uproar, right? Like we could, we could apply all of this to today. Why are the nations in an uproar? And why do the peoples contemplate a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers sit in council together against Jehovah and against his anointed. I mean, really, you don't even have to be involved in anything of great importance to have the knowledge that there are people that are sitting in council against Jehovah himself, mocking the church, mocking God's people. You don't have to be, you don't have to be of importance to find this out. Just open your eyes. It's all around us, right? Let us break apart their bonds and cast their ropes away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. This is my favorite part. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his anger and in his burning wrath, he will terrify them. What's he talking about? His glory. His glory to those who know is something to be desired. His glory to those who are practicing darkness is wrath. Yes? Are you with me? I need your, I need your help here. Yes? Okay. It's making sense? But I have installed my king. I have installed my king. I love that. I love this thought coming from Father God. But listen, don't get, don't get all unhinged. I have installed my king. I don't know how you're sitting. Upon Zion, my holy mountain, I will recount the decree of Jehovah. He said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give the nations as your inheritance and the limits of the earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod. You will shatter them like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be prudent. Take the admonition, O judges of the earth. Serve Jehovah with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way. For his anger may suddenly be kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Again, we have an invitation. We can either take refuge in him and experience the glory as intended. Or we can stand outside in our own vain judgments and experience his glory as wrath. That's the invitation. But nonetheless, he's established his king. And this is what we need to keep our eyes on, is that the increase of his government will go on and on 
and on, and to his peace there will be no end. We forget so easily. You know what God said to me in worship? You are a people who will sing Hosanna today and reject me tomorrow. Sound familiar? You're a people who will get all riled up in worship on a Sunday morning. But you'll forget me tomorrow. You will cast yourself off before me on a Sunday morning. But by Monday, you'll dress yourself in your own name. It's a dangerous place for us to be playing. But it's exactly what the people of Jesus' day did. Remember? Remember? He came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and they cast their outer garments off in reverence for who he was. They grabbed palm branches and they waved him before him because they knew. Look at him! This is the king of glory! This is the one that we've been waiting for! They shouted, Hosanna! Like we did last week. Did we shout Hosanna or hallelujah? Hallelujah! Nonetheless, Hosanna! Glory to God in the highest! They shouted these things. They recognized him. They admitted, I know who you are. A couple days later, the very same people very same people stood in the same crowds and yelled out, crucify him. If you think that you're incapable of holding praise and rejection in the same mouth, you're wrong. What you're feasting on matters. What you're telling yourself matters. Who you're hanging out with matters. What you believe matters. We've said it before, but what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Are you stopping short? Are you hindering the fullness of his essence in operation in your life? We could, we could sum up the full duty of the fivefold by saying, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Go and do. It's about Jesus. Go and do. Right? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And the days, the days of singing worship that has us at a standstill, come by here, God. That's over. It's done with and it's tired. If our worship doesn't sound like a war cry, we're missing it. We are missing it. The kumbaya days of me just sitting here and being content. Oh God, I just want to feel your presence. That has to end because we're not advancing the kingdom by sitting on our butts. And we're certainly not advancing anything by singing. Oh God, come by here. He did! In the form of a son. Where are the harvesters? 
are the harvesters? Where are the people who are going to say yes every single day? Who are going to live on assignment? Who know what it is that God wants from them? Where are those people? Yes, yes. Listen, God is about to hijack some lives. I'm not kidding. I know that I know this. He's about to hijack some lives. And those of you who have been content and comfortable to just be, (laughs) he's about to hijack your life. We're about to see the encounters that, that Saul to Paul had, right? Where one moment you're just doing whatever the heck you want because you think that that's what God wants. And the next you're on mission. He's about to turn some lives upside down. And we need to be declaring this along with the heavens. And the idea of heaven being somewhere out there. We can't be thinking this way anymore. If we actually believe his word, then we actually believe that he's establishing here on the earth. Isn't that what Jesus taught the disciples to pray? who's in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Come where? Come where? Jesus came to establish. He came to release kingdom evidence on the earth so we would pick it up and run with it. And I love the song, uh, the one with all the names. Jehovah... What is it? No. Yeshua. Is that it? Yahweh. Thank you. Huh? We lift you high. Yes. And it just had the whole list of all of God's names. And I was like, your name, not mine. How often do we find ourselves in that position of putting our name back on? See me? Look at my accolades. Look at me. I'm a trophy. No. He reveals his essence, his nature through his various names. So we'll come into them and become a part of his name. Are you wearing the name of the Lord? You guys, we need to, we need to stoke this fire and not be content. Feel like we have ascended, gained, and we're done. I don't know that I so much have a whole lot to say about the fivefold, except for maybe just put it on display. I just want to light a fire under us. I just want to see us up and moving. Constant. Can we be a constant flame? And I'm not I'm not sure what our mentality is about this. What our mentality is, what it means to be a harvester. Do you know that that Jesus specifically said, let the tares grow up with the wheat. We'll take care of it in the end. In the end! You know? So the idea that like, okay, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to step into this thing and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the harvester. Or I'm going to be the office holder. Whatever! If you have this idea that it's just like 
pristine and, and easy and, and no one's going to hate you. <laughs> Turns out I don't actually like being hated. It's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. And I can't imagine being Jesus. And one second you're being admonished. And you're being seen and known for who you are. And less than three days later, the same people want you dead. And we're talking about mobs of people. Not just a handful. Mobs of people. What I will tell you about the fivefold is anything that you've known prior to probably needs an upgrade. Because we're in a new age. This is really important, so hang with me just a second. We're in a new age. And what God was revealing to me, I had a dream the other night, and the entire dream, I dreamt about the body, like the physical body. And God was talking to me about all the different parts that make up a body. It was weird. And there was no real conclusion. <laughs> it was just this ongoing dream about bodies. And, and, and I know it was weird. But I understood what it was that he meant. And we need to, we need to have value for both the kingdom and how the fivefold affects the kingdom and how the fivefold affects the body. And we don't have enough knowledge of either. We've just kind of been winging it. But we need to know when we step into these, these spaces of grace and we begin to supply the body with kingdom intel, we have to know what's happening in, in like real time, spiritually. Right? In spiritual spaces, what's actually happening? When I am, when I am stepping, when I am in equipping mode, and I'm like, okay, so hey, and I'm pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. I have to know what is actually, what's the requirement on her life? How is this going to affect serenity? And how is this affecting kingdom? And then bring them together. You know? One of the things that God said to me a couple of years ago is, um, he said, cause all things to collide with my presence. And that's continued to just kind of ruminate in me. And I feel like that's part of it, is causing everything that we do to collide with kingdom. And we're in a kingdom age. It's not, it's not just about the church anymore. It's about the kingdom advancing. And if the fivefold isn't doing that, we've missed it. You know? And I know we're talking about things that are probably like way out here and over our heads, but we'll get it. We'll get it. I'd honestly prefer you to be those who don't know than to be puffed up and arrogant about what you do because that's where wisdom kicks in. But we also have to understand that the beginning of wisdom is what? Anybody? The fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And if we are not appropriate in reverence to the Lord, we will not have the wisdom necessary to carry this thing out. So yes, desire the things that Jesus established as kingdom principles. But the greater desire has to be the wisdom. 
It has to be the intimacy. It has to be the ongoing, the ongoing moments of, I just have to be near you. The constant craving to be in his presence. Yeah. Okay. I just want to pray for us. Jesus. Jesus, we just ask for your forgiveness right now. We just surround ourselves with your forgiveness. I just feel like your forgiveness is like this pool of water that we can just drown ourselves in for a moment. We just want to be surrounded by your forgiveness that you so freely offer. And we just want to say, we just want to declare we've missed it. That we have been those who cry out, Hosanna. We have been those say, glory to God in the highest. One day, and then totally miss the next. Totally turn our backs on you. We're sorry. Jesus, we're sorry. Let your Hosanna, your hallelujah, continue to roll around on the inside of us. Fill our mouths with praise, constant praise, God. Constant praise. Create a hunger in us. We want to be hungry for you. We want to be hungry for you, Jesus. Can you just tell him that if it's true of you? I just, I want to be hungry. I want to be hungry for you, Jesus. I want to be hungry for you. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would saturate those who are crying out. I want to be hungry for you. A greater hunger, Holy Spirit. We want to be hungry for you. Oh, and we submit. If we are the ones that you intend to hijack, we submit them. Turn our lives upside down, inside out. Do what you must. We just want to partner with the kingdom. Just want to partner with the kingdom, Jesus. Be where you are, doing what you're doing. Saying yes over and over again. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. You're what we want. You are what. Oh, God, let us be a people of praise. Let us be a people of praise. Let our praise be a worthy space for your throne to be established upon. And teach us to practice your presence. Knowing, knowing that we are hosting you on a ring. And that we would put that to the test and cause all things to collide. Come on, Jesus. Expand in us. Oh, Jesus, I just feel this desperation for more. For more of you. More of you. Thank you for this hunger. Thank you for this hunger. 
masses in heaven. Go in peace.